Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. This is Krish Dunham, today recording this missive from the country of Albania in the city of Tirana. I've had the privilege of being here for about a week now, and the long journey home is scheduled to begin this evening. And as I was pondering over all the things that have happened this week, I thought I would just take a brief hiatus albeit just one episode from the hard-headed, soft-hearted series that we have been doing that's based on the book. Thank you for the increased uh, number of listens on that. The statistics are showing that you seem to be liking what we are putting forward. Continue to share it with others. There is a deep need in this world for strategic thinking, but more importantly, the whole concept of realizing that you are unique in time and space, and that wherever you are in the world, you are in the geographical center of your world. Today's message is called The Good in Advocacy. The Good in Advocacy. A couple of principles I want to talk to you about. Some I've probably addressed before in different topics, but first is believing you belong, then anticipating uncertainty, building a circle of trust, calculating the legacy you leave, And then finally, a word that I have used oft is being counted versus being counted on. So believing you belong. This time when I was in Albania, uh, this is my third visit here and I've gotten to love the people here. I've gotten to love the culture here. I've gotten to love the climate here. I've gotten to love the cuisine here. So I think, you know, culture uh, coupled with cuisine and climate does try to give you a little boost Uh, regardless of the hardships, I guess. And here is a group of people that have endured great hardships in their life and in their history and in their legacy. But as I was speaking, some places uh, without translation, some places with translation, and some places warranting a specific kind of interpretation, the thing that I kept getting back is this concept of believing you belong. I had a young man who's a migrant here from another country whose own family was displaced after World War II. They had ended up spending some time in Russia, found themselves way back to Germany. And uh, as a result of that, uh, you know, you look at the journey of lives and you look at the trajectory of these purposeful meetings. I began in India. I ended up going to the United States. From the United States, I learned a set of skills that became Uh, valuable in my global itinerant life. Now you're meeting someone who has spent time in Germany, has spent time in Russia, and is now in time and space in the same room at the same place at the right time. Almost as if the, the theological prophetic words, you are where you are, not because of a random byproduct of time plus matter plus chance, But you are where you are because long before the foundations of the earth, in divine appointment, God already ordained these moments. 
And if I had to spend all the moments I thought were divinely ordained on just these last five days, I think we'd run out of time on this episode and probably in the next 15. But the first is believing you belong. This young man who had gone through this journey in life is now advocating for himself what he wants to do, where he wants to go, how he wants to get there, looked at me and said, the principle you stated, believing you belong. And then I gave him my success definition, that success is not who you are and is not where you are. It's not the isms and schisms that preventing you from what you can be. Success is going to where success is and hoping that by sheer centripetal force you're sucked in. Which means the, ad, the goal of believing you belong is, not time, is just not luck, but it is a constant preparation. Years ago, I heard the definition of uh, luck if you luck is actually pluck, uh, it's preparation meeting luck. That's what opportunity. Opportunity is pluck. Preparation meeting luck. So the first thing is advocate for yourself. This constant companion, believe you belong. Next is anticipating anticipating uncertainty. While none of us can predict the great upheavals that take place in the world. Uh, None of us can predict the climatic changes that take place in the world. None of us can predict typhoons or hurricanes or cyclones or earthquakes or fires. Anticipating uncertainty just simply means that in life we will be upended. In life, wherever you are, whatever the status quo is, something is always brewing that is going to cause consternation, that is going to cause a delay, that is going to cause a distortion of where you want to be and maybe even a detour from how you're going to get there. Right now, when you look at the political landscape of the world uh, and all that we have been through, it's almost the daily game is anticipating uncertainty. It's almost as if every day we look for the rules that we are supposed to live by to see if something was either added, deleted, opened, altered, adjusted, or presented. And anticipating uncertainty is actually a good strategy now going forward. The principle here is not asking yourself if it happens again. The principle is preparing a life's foundation, articulating the definition, creating the expansion, and designing the conclusion, your own benchmarks, knowing that it will happen again. So it's not if it will happen again. The question is when it happens again, how ready are you? The third component which seemed to uh, get some amount of uh, traction was this concept of the circle of trust. Who do you invite in your inner circle that is part of what John Maxwell calls in his Laws of Irrefutable Leadership, that inner circle? The non-negotiable people in your inner circle. Now, the principle I posited here and presented here seemed to have, again, gotten me feedback. And I presented this principle in years past and never understood it in context of a society where trust may or may not be an issue. Francis Fukuyama wrote a book on trust, and he says the prosperity of a people can be gauged by the trust of its people. And so the question I asked them was, are you in your inner circle constantly putting constructive critics, or are you just avoiding confrontation, avoiding any kind of inner circle because you're afraid that everybody is a a destructive critic and nobody can be a constructive critic? Let me explain that briefly. A destructive critic is someone designed uh, and delivered in your daily path to just give you the bad news, tell you what's wrong, and tell you why no matter what change you make, it's not going to work. 
A constructive critic, on the other hand, may waltz into your way and tell you that what you're doing may not work, but they love you so much, they care about your prosperity, they care about your hope, they care about your dreams. So all they are doing is criticizing the normative behavior you present and pare it down in a way so that you may rise, soar, and fly freely. Sometimes it's the baggage of our own doubt, the baggage of our own distrust, the baggage of our own disappointment that weighs us down. And maybe a constructive critic says, you're carrying this baggage for no reason. In sales, we say the feel felt found is the best methodology. And anytime you find someone who comes into your life and gives you that moniker of feel felt found in some way, that to you is a constructive critic. What does feel felt found mean? When you find people and they're languishing in a problem, sympathetic viewpoints is crossing the line and saying, you think you have a problem, see how my problem is. Now you have two people with two problems holding hands in woe. The empathetic approach is, I know how you feel. I used to, I've felt the same way. Here's what I found. Feel, felt, found. I know how you feel. Others have felt the same way. Here's what we found. So that's what, in a circle of trust, make sure you have people who can gauge you through the feel, felt, found methodology, allow themselves to be constructive critics in your inner circle, remove your faults and your weights so that you can fly and soar freely. And these people love you so much that they're criticizing your present so that they can congratulate you and compliment you on an unbelievable future. The fourth component is the legacy you leave, and I think I've uh, probably been uh, blue in the face on this particular concept, but sometimes we equate success with money, and having it and not having it is a whole different issue, and uh, the joke always goes, money is not everything, but it ranks reasonably close to oxygen. When you need it, there is no substitute. Money will buy you a house, never a home. It'll buy you a bed, never a good night's sleep. It'll buy you a companion, not a friend for life. And it'll buy you a good time, never peace of mind. So said Zig Ziglar. And I love the things money will buy, and I absolutely adore the things money can't buy. Mr. Ziglar also went on to add that you can get everything in this world that money will buy without a lick of character, but you cannot get any of those things money won't buy without that character. Character is the ability to then have pride in the mundane. The mundane is what we do every day. The legacy you leave has got to be of hard work, has got to be of ethics, it's got to be of honesty, it's got to be of integrity, it's got to be of love, loyalty, discipline, dedication. Years ago, I remember a story of a man who had lived a wayward life and was quite crooked in all of his dealings and was known as quite a scoundrel and a rascal. But when he died, his brother, who was his cohort and compadre in all these nefarious activities, went to the local preacher and said, we have done well financially, but our reputation is kind of solid. And as a result, I need you to do something for me. Obviously, the man of the cloth, the clergy, was kind of apprehensive to give something good to a person who had lived a life in some complete bad without confession. Well, to sweeten the pot, the brother surviving said, hey, since we have done well, you name your price. I'll build a wing for the church. I'll add to this program, whatever it is. But please provide my brother a decent funeral. And on the day of the funeral, kindly tell the audience that this man indeed was a saint. I know he's lived a bad life. I just want him to, uh, as he leaves this earth, someone say something nice about him. Torn between the opportunity to receive money for a new wing, which was going to definitely help the image of the church and staying true to the integrity of his roots, the clergyman did this. On the day of the, of, the pro of the process, he began the procedure by simply saying, here lies a man who's a scoundrel, a crook, a rascal, a man who participated in many nefarious and a crooked ways, 
And as a result of this, he had lived a life of just absolute want and lewdness and gave in to every kind of sin and pressure. But compared to his brother, he's a saint. Many of you have probably heard that reference point, but that's typically what modern hypocrisy is. The legacies we leave are sometimes so personal, we basically say to ourselves as we go down the wrong path, my bad is not as bad as your bad, so my bad must be good. Peter Kreft often said that uh, moral hypocrisy is the price vice pays to virtue. Vice is bad, virtue is good. And as we try to live out in these trying and troubling times, our natural tendency is to bend a rule here and uh, skirt an issue there and circumvent a regulation there in the process that all I'm trying to do is leave a legacy for those that come after me. We're trying to say something nice, offer something nice. I'm willing to do something bad so something nice can be left. Which brings us to the last point, being counted versus being counted on. Don't go through life being counted as a number, grow through life being counted on as someone who can actually deliver large numbers of people either in opinion or as a leader. Life is tough, said Mr. Zegler, but if you're tough on yourself, life will become infinitely easier on you. So in the time we had this Sunday morning in Tirana, Albania, planning our uh, trip, long trip back to Dallas, Texas, I thought I'd give you these words of encouragement as you begin your week ahead, wherever in the world you are. The good in advocacy. Advocate for yourself as you stand in front of the mirror that you believe you belong, that you're willing, capable, and completely confident that you have put enough in your plate to anticipate uncertainty. Build a circle of trust of people who are individuals who can be your constructive critics. Make sure the legacy you leave is with integrity, honesty, commitment, And then lastly, try to not go through life being counted, but try to grow through life being counted on. Until next time, this is still your humble host, Krish Dunham. Good luck. God bless. See you down the road. And that concludes another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose with Krish Dunham brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at krishdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.